want to hear this episode ad-free? Hey, true crime friends. This is your host, Mary DePippi. And if you would like to hear your true crime in academia episodes completely ad-free, consider going to patreon.com slash ivorytowerboilerroom and become a subscriber. For $5 a month, you not only get access to now ad-free episodes of True Crime and Academia, but bonus episodes as well. Every month, I love to offer subscribers a bonus episode, such as Richard Ramirez, The Night Stalker, or Casey Anthony, or The John JonBenet Ramsey Killing. I mean, you name it, I want to cover it. So... The only way you can access that is to go to patreon.com slash ivory tower boiler room and become a subscriber today. Like I said, it's only $5. I mean, think about it. I mean, you're really just buying me a coffee, which I know I say sometimes in my episodes, but it's true. And for all of the research and everything, you know, we put or I put into getting you these episodes, it would be nice just have a cup of coffee. So go to patreon.com slash ivory tower boiler room and become a subscriber today so you can get access to those bonus episodes. And like I said, now especially add free episodes. So one more time, that's patreon.com slash ivory tower boiler room and get your bonus episodes and ad free episodes today. Hey, true crime friends. Welcome back to another episode of True Crime in Academia. I am your host, Mary DePippi. I hope you all have had a wonderful week this week and have a relaxing weekend. I am working this weekend. Um, There is a trade show in Texas that I'm going to be going to, and I'm very, very excited. Um, But also, I know it's going to be stressful in a good way um, and just a lot of work, but I'm really, really excited to get this new experience and you know opportunity under my belt so I'm looking forward to that but I hope you all relax this weekend this week's case is a little different um, because it's not necessarily academia related in a way it kind of is Um, it involves the dance world and the dance community which in a lot of its own ways in the structuring and things like that kind of are like academia in a way. And I grew up wanting to be a dancer. And I think another thing that people forget about is that you can go on to like college to study dance and things like that. This isn't a case of a college dance program. Um, It's about the dance world at large. But like I said, I mean... Even before you go to college for that, it is very much like an academia-esque environment in a way. Um, But yeah, so I came about this case listening to my favorite podcast or one of my favorite podcasts, Someplace Underneath, and they covered this case recently. Um, The last episode actually just came out or the last episode for that installment series um, came out last night. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just really good. I was so fascinated, not fascinated, but like disturbed, of course, that something like this was going on in the dance world. And not that I didn't think, you know, 
every industry is subjected to its own bad people and you know I feel like you can truly find any sort of fucked up situation in any sort of environment um, as long as people who want to engage in that horrific behavior are you know have embedded themselves in that world and that's kind of what this case is and again it's also just a real abuse of power which again something we discuss in our normal episodes regardless um so yeah so I really just wanted to bring this case to light like I said it's a little different but also kind of not (laughs) but without any further ado Let's get into it. In July of 2021, a huge slew of allegations rocked the dance world. Boston Ballet's principal dancer, Dusty Button, and her husband, Mitchell Button, had been accused of sexual, physical, and verbal abuse and grooming of minor ballet students. Dusty Button was born on June 6, 1989, in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. She began dancing at around age seven and started taking classes in ballet, tap, jazz, and hip-hop. As she got older, she competed in dance competitions across the United States, and at age 13, she spent a week at the Royal Ballet School in London for a training intensive. Now, I don't know for sure, but it seems to me that Dusty came from a more wealthy background, if you will, just because, you know, I can't find anywhere that she was like she had a benefactor or anything, because that is sometimes a situation in dance like this. Um, But beside the fact that it seems like she comes from money, she also seems to be extremely talented because getting into the Royal Ballet School, even just for a summer intensive or any sort of intensive, is absolutely batshit hard to get into. I mean, it is so, so strict and the criteria to get in is just, I mean... You have to be nearly perfect, it feels like, to get in there to even, like I said, just do an intensive. That's not even to attend the school at all, period, because they have a year-round school where students live there and, you know, they have ballet during their normal curriculum or they have ballet a few times a week and a few or not a few times a week, but they have dance classes a few times a day and I'm sure they have ballet every single day. But yeah, so, you know. Again, very stringent, very hard to get into, very prestigious for real. I mean, so the fact that she was able to get in that and it also seemed like she was like thriving in these competitions as well, which again, just shows that, I mean, most dancers, especially to her caliber and those of that caliber in the field that are still working, your passion and commitment to the art form and to this career starts off very very young so again even though I haven't seen it like written really in black and white I can assume that like she at seven was kind of just like yep nope this is what I want to do for the rest of my life and just threw herself into that training which again I completely relate to I mean I went to college for dance for a year and a half and 
ultimately decided that, you know, it wasn't the career and the lifestyle that I wanted to live, um, which is a completely different conversation, but it is very all consuming when you're in it. And like I said, it's also very expensive. Those costumes are not cheap. And, you know, depending on how many dances you're in, and that's just a recital, you know, that's already a huge cost. But then for competitions, not only to travel to the competitions, but also to, you know, have the costumes and the fees to (laughs) register for the competition. I mean, it is an expense and a, like I said, it is just a labor of love and just a true full on life's dedication to a lot of people and like Dusty specifically, which, you know, if you've ever seen her dance, you know how incredible she is. Aside from the heinous alleged things that she has done, allegedly, but it's obvious her level of dedication and everything, like I said. Now, at age 16, she started attending the Jacqueline Kennedy Onassis School with the American Ballet Theater, which is in New York. So at some point at 16, she is literally living in New York. Now, before she graduates, well, actually, upon her graduation from the Onassis School, Dusty was invited to join the American Ballet Theater's studio company, which was ABT2. Now... That is, I mean, again, like just as prestigious and as hard to get into um, as the Royal Ballet. Maybe not as hard. I think the Royal Ballet Company or the Royal Ballet School is harder to get into, let alone the company in general. But that being said, the American Ballet Theater is the highest of the high of the highest levels that you can achieve or get to or be employed by in the ballet world in America anyway so it was very surprising to a lot of people when she turned it down because Dusty was decided that you know she was really going to be a part of the like secondary company um she wanted to perfect her ballet technique and her ballet training So she then decided to enroll full-time at the Royal Ballet School. And this was roughly around 2008. When she returned stateside, she joined Boston Ballet's Corps de Ballet in 2012, which is essentially like the ensemble, if you will. The following year, in 2013, she was promoted to soloist, and then in 2014, she was promoted to principal. Now, that is just not done, unless, of course, you're Dusty Button in this case. But truly, that is not something that happens. It generally takes dancers a lot longer to not only go from the core, but to soloists. Like, you know, so the fact that she was able to do go from the core to a principal in two years, absolutely insane. I mean, and again, if I've said it before, but if you watched her dance, you know why. <laughs> you know why. She is just incredible as a dancer. So, again, not surprised, but also it's just insane that that even happened. Because, you know, 
even if she would have done it in five years, I feel like that even still would have been quick. So again, I mean, fuck, two years. That's like going from being like in an entry level position to maybe not CEO, but definitely like director type of position, you know? So yeah, just to give a parallel, but like, again, to do that in two years, I feel like is just insane. Now, along with this dancing career, some of you may not know, but a lot of times dancers also are models, especially for dance magazines specifically. Um, I'm trying to think of the name. (laughs) Discount Dance is one where you will see a lot of familiar dance faces. Um, They generally try to put a lot of current dancers and not just models. Again, that being the draw, I mean, they're trying to sell you ballet clothing and, you know, all of your practice gear. So they need to have the people that are in the field modeling these clothes. But, you know, aside from that, I mean... She was also in Dance Magazine, Dance Spirit Magazine, Point Magazine, Glamour Magazine. I mean, you name it. She was in it and she was featured on the cover of 2015's Point Magazine. And she was labeled as a new brand of ballerina because she kind of was, honestly. She she had tattoos. She kind of, you know, had this more like hippie vibe. Like she wasn't your typical straight up bunhead ballerina you know she was definitely more like she was like the Mila Kunis in Black Swan type of thing like that's you know versus the Natalie Portman kind of character now Mitchell Taylor Button was born in 1986 and not much is known about his early life Yet somehow he also managed to erase like his entire like digital footprint. It's honestly insane. Like how much of himself, like pictures, social media, everything like it is just gone. But anyway, he was also involved in the dance world and was became a very well-known teacher in like the dance convention circuits. It was also said that he spent time modifying cars and had a business at some point. And when him and Dusty were together, she even modeled with some of his cars for that. Now, Mitchell also went through some name changes. Um, He has two other aliases that will be referred to. There is Mitchell Moore and Taylor Moore. I don't think Mitchell Moore comes up much in... At least I don't mention it, but um, Taylor Moore will come up in a moment. We'll see. Now, we don't know when exactly their relationship started. No one's really sure how that happened. They haven't said. <laughs> but we do know that they were together at the time, the second time I believe she was in London in 2008, which I believe she was of eagle, legal age. However... It has been said that that it's not out of the realm of possibility that they could have met when she was a minor. However, you know, we don't have evidence of it. It's just, again, it's not out of the realm of possibility. LGBT stories are universal, but each one speaks to the individual heart and soul of the writer telling it. Do you have a story to tell? If so, the Gay and Lesbian Review wants to hear from you. Have you been moved by an LGBT book, film, painting? 
television show, or other form of media. The GNLR believes in bringing awareness to queer art and artists through reviews, commentary, and thought pieces in which the author relates their personal lives to a particular piece of art, a novel, a movie, or what have you. In addition to the articles published in the print magazine, the GNLR also publishes articles on its blog as well as personal essays on its popular Here's My Story section. This allows people like you to share their own experiences with our readers. To learn more about submitting either to the print or the online edition of the GNLR, visit glreview.org. That's G-L-R-E-V-I-E-W.org and scroll down to the bottom of the page to find a link to their writer's guidelines. If you have any questions, email stephen.hemrick at glreview.org. The GNLR can't wait to see what you have to say. And remember that they're offering an exclusive code with the Ivory Tower Boiler Room. So when you subscribe to the magazine, you'll receive a free copy with any print or digital subscription. So that's seven issues instead of six. Again, just visit the glreview.org and click subscribe and enter the promo code ITBR for your free issue. Hi, this is Andrew, and I'm interrupting what I know is an enthralling interview because I want you all to know that we are sponsored by Broadview Press. And if you don't know, Broadview Press is an independent academic publisher who publishes books covering topics like English studies, writing, philosophy, history, gender studies. And every season on the podcast, I interview one of the Broadview Press authors. So for the fall, we had Ann Stevens on to talk about literary theory and criticism. She played a Wizard of Oz literary game with us. She talked about why Bridgerton actually involves literary theory. So does Fifty Shades of Grey. Who knew? Um, and also, we just had on Jeffrey Weinstock, who wrote the first ever pop culture analysis book. So, you know, I am all things a lover of pop culture, especially my Hollywood topics, Real Housewives, the list goes on and on. And he also wrote the book called The Mad Scientist's Guide to Composition, where he's writing a book teaching students about how to write rhetorical strategies, but it's all around this metaphor of being in the mad scientist laboratory, because as you'll learn when you hear our episode with Jeffrey, he is a gothic and horror fanatic. And I mean that in all the best ways possible. So you don't want to miss Broadview Press's exclusive discount because you're listening to the podcast. All of you get an automatic 20% off Use the code Ivory Tower for 20% off site wide on all of their books. So, our, in our show notes, we have a link to Broadview Press. Make sure you click the link, put in Ivory Tower, and you're going to get 20% off your order. So, enjoy your reading, everyone. In July of 2021, a complaint was filed with the U.S. District Court in Nevada. This complaint claimed that Taylor Button had exploited his position of power and influence in the dance world to sexually abuse young dancers across the country. End quote. 
Now, after this Taylor Button, Mitchell Taylor Button, moved to have this dismissed and denied all of the allegations on in the court filings. But an update complaint was filed with the court that September, and it named Dusty as also a defendant in the abuse. Now, at least five to seven dancers have come forward, most of whom were mentored by Taylor slash Mitchell Taylor Button and Dusty at times. And again, like I said, it said that he sexually abused them and that Dusty was a part of this. Now, of the five confirmed, like I said, it's between five and seven, and I know that's such a weird thing to say. One of the defendants did withdraw because she was receiving death threats, which is just fucked up because that shouldn't be, (sighs) you shouldn't be allowed to do that, and that shouldn't be a fucking reason why someone would have to pull withdraw, you know, a claim of what happened to them. Like, that is... (sighs) And by shouldn't be allowed to do that, I mean people shouldn't be allowed to just send death threats. And that, you know, especially, like, I feel like there should be some sort of, like, interference charge. Because you're technically interfering with the process of a case, a complaint, by making someone withdraw. So, you know. But anyway, we're not going to talk about her or her complaints um, just because she did withdraw them. But... Four of the five had um, that are consistent that I've seen um, have revealed their identities. Two of them have been the most vocal, and they are Sage Humphreys and Gina Mancino, which I believe is how you pronounce her last name. Gina, if I messed it up, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Not that I know who are her or that she's listening to this, but, you know, I always feel bad when I mess people's names up. Now, according to the allegations made by Gina, she met and took classes from Taylor Button when she was 13 and he was 25. And this happened at a center stage dance academy in Tampa, Florida. And like I said, this is one of the times he went by Taylor. Allegedly, Taylor slash Mitchell sexually assaulted Gina on two occasions in 2010 when they were sharing a blanket and watching a movie with some other dance students. However, it just wasn't those two times. I mean, those were sadly, those were the two times that she was physically assaulted. But whenever Taylor slash Mitchell traveled out of state or couldn't see her and just wanted to communicate with her, he would send and solicit sexually explicit photos and videos and texts. So not only was he sending them, He was asking her to send videos of herself and pictures of herself and to say things to him through text. Now, Gina had aspirations to become a professional ballet dancer and a professional dancer in general. And Taylor slash Mitchell would reward her, quote unquote, compliance, you know, her sexual abuse (laughs) with dance opportunities and some of those included being his assistant teacher at dance conventions which is also a huge deal like when you go to dance conventions and you are learning a dance from these 
choreographers and teachers who are just like some of the best of the best, you know, as the assistant teacher, you have so much exposure in that way. Like you're not only meeting the newest generation and teaching the newest generation of dancers that are there, you are also meeting and schmoozing with some of these higher up people because of who you're with. So I don't want anyone to think that that, you know, this assistant teaching is, um, is like a very nonchalant thing. It is actually a very big deal. In an interview, Gina said the whole game was to keep him happy. Don't get him angry or, you know, I was considered unworthy or would lose my dance career. End quote. This would be his MO for pretty much anyone in the dance world that he abused and groomed. You know, he and it says Dusty as well in the allegations that the alleged abuse came at the cost of the dancer's future career. Which again, I I don't I feel like I don't need to spell it out for you how that's a complete abuse of power so but in case I have to you know again he's he and Dusty Mitchell slash Taylor (laughs) um and Dusty are very influential or were very influential people in the dance world like (laughs) the level that they were at is just again she was a principal dancer that is literally the highest of the high that you can get in any dance company. And, you know, some states' dance companies hold a higher level of prestige than others, and Boston is one of them. Like, it's up there with the New York City Ballet, and I would even argue the American Theater Ballet. Um, So, yeah, so, I mean, she was at the top of the top, and it's also confusing and heartbreaking in a way just to a very small extent to see someone who like Dusty who has this power in her own career and in her own right but yet here she is and I'm not saying again I don't know for sure if again these these are just all allegations this is all alleged do I think this occurred yes but that is my opinion that is not fact But like I said, with the fact that she had so much power and so much notoriety and fame within her own right, in her own career that she made for herself, to think that it's possible that not only that she could do these things to other dancers, but that she also could have potentially been under the thumb of her husband and doing these things because he wanted her to and she was also trying to keep him happy again I just want to make that clear I have no actual evidence that has not written been written anywhere that is just my take on these allegations and the situation detailed in these allegations hey ivory tower boiler room listeners and true crime friends You've heard me gush over this incredible woman and her beautiful products. I'm talking about Mandy Made It. Mandy makes customized and original crochet and cre-cut goods. They are the perfect, unique, one-of-a-kind gift for literally anyone in your life. And 
She makes incredible home decor. I still have my pumpkins that I put out every fall. I just love them. Check her out on Instagram at M-A-N-D-E-E Made It or search Mandy Made It on Facebook. To order, just slide into her DMs. And if you mention the Ivory Tower Boiler Room, you will receive a free personalized gift with your first order. So go on Instagram and look up at Mandy Made It. And Mandy is spelled M-A-N-D-E-E. Again, her handle is at Mandy Made It. Mandy spelled M-A-N-D-E-E. And order today. The other woman who has been vocal, like I mentioned, Sage Humphrey, she says that she met the Buttons in 2016 when she was in the Boston Ballet Company's apprenticeship program. That's, again, kind of similar to, I mean, it's not like the American Ballet Theater's second company, but it's almost like that. So essentially, it's, they are basically training to eventually become in the core of the ballet company. Now, according to her lawsuit that she filed, she said that the Buttons engaged in sex trafficking with her because they had to get her across state lines. And they did this by using threats and intimidation and, you know, just the overall pretense that they would help her, you know, professional dance career and her future dance career if she did what they they asked. The lawsuit says that on multiple occasions, Dusty held down Sage so she wouldn't move when Mitchell had sex with her without her consent. Or, I'm sorry, when Mitchell raped her. It was also alleged that the couple would tie her down as well and that Dusty would join in on the sexual abuse. Humphreys also has said that the couple verbally abused her as well as forced her to live with them, hence the trafficking charges that are being brought against them because that also, of course, isolated her from her family. But before anyone jumps down her parents' throats for letting their daughter live with an alleged serial predator and an alleged the alleged predator's wife, who was also an alleged predator... They truly thought that at first that they were just looking out for her and her career. Again, I know it's weird to say, but this isn't something that isn't uncommon in the dance world for people to live with their dance teachers if that is necessary. Or like, I don't know. It's just that's just the way that it is. Like it is about helping people further their career. However, obviously, according to Sage and her allegations, that is not what is happening. But back to her parents, like, they really thought that this was, uh, like, that this would be safe and that nothing like this would happen. But when they started noticing changes in Sage, they removed her physically from that home and brought her back and put her in therapy and, you know, just were trying to save her because it was obvious that something was really, really wrong. Not only with the relationship that she was having with them, but just her in general. In an interview, Stage stated that they had control, they being Dusty and Mitchell, had control over my phone and passwords to my Instagram, my email. 
They had complete control over me. If I wanted to do anything, I had to ask them first. End quote. Now, some of the Snapchat's messages between her, Dusty, and Mitchell have been used as evidence or like are trying to be used as evidence to prove that the three of them had a consensual relationship and that, in fact, she was the one obsessed with them. Now, to be fair, in one of the sources you'll see, they have some of the Snapchat messages in the pictures in the article. And they are very intense. And when you first look at them, you're kind of like, okay, something doesn't fully sound right. But also, like, you can see that there is a level of obsession. However, though, when you really, really look at them, they sound like they are written by a very confused and traumatized teenage girl and obviously just to point it out and you know not that you all my listeners need to know this I'm preaching to the choir with you all but we all know that just because you say something at one moment doesn't mean that you can't revoke consent anytime after you know another dancer only identified as Jane Doe 100 was a minor when she was in the care of the buttons when they were allegedly assaulting her. She claims that they she was assaulted in a room that had a mattress on the floor and an arsenal of guns hanging on the wall. And this is according to the complaint that was filed. The other victims that I mentioned that have come forward are Danielle Gutierrez and Rosie D'Angelo. Some of the allegations that they have made and... Others, including Sage and Gina, have said that they were drugged before being sexually assaulted by the Buttons, that they were fed alcohol, that other physical abuse allegations came through, such as being punched, kicked, and choked to the point of a nosebleed. There were some other a lot worse things. I'm not going to get into them just because if you really want to know, like I said, you can look at the sources, you can read um them you can listen to someplace underneath and learn all about them there but I don't you know that's to me that's enough (laughs) you know I don't always think we need to know every single little detail and people shouldn't be forced to have to relive that so the fact that they were so willing to come forward with this at all is very brave and you know I also just don't, I want to protect them too. Like I don't, you know, I don't know that I would, if I were in their position, that I would want my dirty laundry, not that this is dirty laundry, I shouldn't have said that, that, you know, this horrific thing that happened to them has to be talked about over and over in every specific graphic detail, you know, that's just, that's my take on it. I appreciate those that do for the sake of giving all of the information, um, you know, just like I said, for me, I, you know, I prefer not to. I'd rather be one less, <laughs> I guess, if you will. Anyway, sorry for my rambling, but back to the case. Dusty and Mitchell obviously have denied all of these allegations. They and their legal team have been going on the offensive and doing whatever they can to discredit and further shame these women. 
Honestly, though, I think that their counterclaims and denials and their so-called use of messages and things as quote-unquote evidence is bullshit, and I think it makes them look worse. As of this moment, though, there has not been a trial date scheduled. And hopefully as things start to come forward and whatnot, as time goes on, hopefully there will be a trial date set soon. My guess it's probably going to be sometime for the end of this year, if it happens this year at all. If not, I think it will go into next year. Um, But I will do my best to keep you all posted as things unravel with this. Um, You know, again, if these allegations are true, which I personally, in my opinion, think that they are, um, you know, I hope that they are charged. Also, I should mention that Dusty was officially fired. I forget when exactly that happened, but I think it happened in 2021. Or no, maybe it was... I saw somewhere that it might have been 2017, but I do think it was after these allegations came forward that they fired her. But either way, she was fired from the Boston Ballet Company. So, you know, I guess in some ways that's a little bit of justice. But yeah, I will keep you all posted on the act, you know, the trial. And hopefully, like I said, further justice will be had you know all right guys that is all i have for you today do not forget to follow true crime and academia on social media at true crime and academia on instagram and tiktok and at tc and academia on twitter for extra bonus content don't forget to go to patreon.com slash ivory tower boiler room and until next week my loves or actually no no not next week we're taking a break So, but I will see you all on social media. Until then, my loves, I will see you later. Thank you so much for listening to the Ivory Tower Boiler Room. This is Andrew Rimby, the executive director. I want you all to follow us on social media because there's so many video clips that we share and so many photos about these episodes. Follow us on TikTok and Instagram at Ivory Tower Boiler Room. Follow us on Twitter at Ivory Boiler Room. Follow our Facebook page, the Ivory Tower Boiler Room. Join our Patreon, patreon.com slash Ivory Tower Boiler Room. For $5 a month, you get ad-free episodes, our video interviews, the True Crime and Academia bonus episodes, and all Ivory Tower Boiler Room bonus episodes. Thanks for buying a coffee for me. Thanks, Mary. She's our chief contributor. See you all again in the Ivory Tower Boiler Room.